1: Welcome back everyone to the Laravel news podcast. This is episode pause until Michael tells me what it is. What episode is it? Michael 45? 45,
2: 45, 45, okay.
1: Well, since last time we recorded Laracon EU happened, Laravel 5.5 was released. Laravel certification was announced, there have been a ton of community links out there and we've got a ton of ground to cover, so why don't we jump right into it? Laravel five point five. Michael, have you had a chance to like look into all the different things that have that were released with Laravel five five?
2: Not all, not all. There, there has been so much, and I feel like because we've been covering the bits and pieces individually as they've been announced over the last few months, you kind of lose sight of just how much has gone into this release, and it feels maybe if you just look at it from the outset that nothing has happened you really need to check out all of the the work that's been done the refactoring that's happened the new features that have come in even horizon on the side you know that was released as a as a you know a free piece of software to manage queues because it seems like it's something that a large part of the community is doing and there hasn't really been a good way to do that. So overall it's it's actually a pretty pretty feature packed release. It's huge. Um and and Paul Redmond actually released in a blog post on Laravel News a video uh, that that goes along with all of the different features that that have come out in this release. So I encourage everyone to check it out if you want to, you know, like a ten minute overview of everything that's happened.
1: Yeah, it's laravel newscom slash laravel-five-five. It's in the show notes. It's on the website. It's really good. I watched it just the other day and it was very enlightening. So I'm gonna run down a couple of the things that he talked about. The Whoops package. So in Laravel version four, there was a Whoops package which, in addition to showing you the stack trace of what failed it shows you exactly the lines that it failed on in your code, which has always been pretty cool. I really missed that. Mm. Collection dumping was something that is added in 5.5. So if you're in the middle of a collection pipeline, you can just call the dump method and it will just do a var dump out either in your console or on the page. And then you can also have the ability to do DD instead of dump, and that will dump and die, will stop the execution of the uh, pipeline at that spot. So you can do multiple dumps like in one pipeline, right? so, which is pretty cool. He talked about how exceptions have a custom render method now, so you can render out uh, an exception however you'd like. He talked about the responsible interface, which we've talked about a little bit on the show before. We tried to. Yeah, tried to. There is a new uh, validate method that you can call directly on the request that will not only validate what you are asking it for with the rules, but will also return the fields that you validated. So how many times have you had to do this validate, then you pass the request in and then a list of rules, and then the next line after that is request only, and you're grabbing all the keys out that you just validated, right? So this basically shortcuts that and puts it all into one little thing. He talked about custom validation rules and objects and closures, talked about some new directives, talked about front-end presets. I mean, there is literally, uh, it's literally—it's—it's so hard to keep up. I told myself I'm going to have to watch this video like three or four times. In addition to that, there's other things that, that people have kind of forgotten about, like mailables can be directly rendered now, right? Do you remember that? So like you can have a mailable class. Yeah, right in the browser. Right in the browser. You can just render it right out in the browser, which makes it which makes it super easy to debug. There are special route instead of instead of saying route get or post whatever you can say route view and you can just pass in the pattern mm-hmm. and then the view that you want to do like i totally forgotten about yep. that until i think two days ago and i just was like oh yeah that's right i think i have that available now and not sure enough i did so there is just so much stuff it's kind of hard to remember
2: yeah just as a public service announcement on that route view thing there have been countless people who have submitted pull requests to the framework wanting to change the default routes file to use route view instead of the route closure Mm. and just just for taylor's sanity and for anyone else that's reading it because a few people have gotten a bit antsy about it i think taylor is using that route closure for testing purposes for his own you know, development needs. So for anyone thinking of submitting a pull request to change that closure to a route view, don't do it just as a heads up, it's not going to get through. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't waste your time. Uh,
1: Thank you. Good, good heads up on that. Uh, There are two things that I kind of wanted to talk about that are in five, five that I don't know have gotten a ton of press. One of them is the with default that is um, available on relationships. Have you
2: seen this, Michael? I haven't. Tell us about it.
1: Okay, so what it is, is a lot of times you'll have a relationship that will be defined on a, uh, let's say, user and profile, okay? So you have a user model and it has a profile method, which is a relationship. So it would say, return, this has one profile, right? Profile class or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, what may happen is you may run into a situation at some point where you do not have a profile and uh, that is linked up for that user there is no relationship there so if inside your view you are saying user profile avatar it's going to throw you an error because there is no avatar there is no profile right they don't have that profile relationship Mm -hmm. loaded so what with default allows you to do is on the end of that relationship you can say return this has one profile and then you can say with default and then you can pass an array of values that should be returned as a default if they do not have a profile. So you could say, for example, avatar, and then you could point it at some generic image that you would use as an avatar if somebody did not have a profile that was linked up. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Instead of having to check in your view to say, like using the null coalesce operator, saying, is there a profile set? And if there isn't, go ahead and provide this default value for the avatar. You can just set it straight inside your model there, and it works pretty well. So uh, just as a heads up, there is a little bit of a a, a difference here. This does not mean that if a person has a profile relationship, but it does not have an avatar value set, that it will set this as the default. That's not what it means. What it means is that this array will be returned if the relationship is not defined, if the relationship is set as null when you call profile. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's that's an important distinction to make there. Uh, so that's the with default helper, which is pretty awesome. I think there is a post out there. Code by Jeff, who is a prolific blogger, uh, has has a, a Medium post out there about this, about uh, the with default. And then in addition to that, there is also a new helper which
2: is called the optional helper. Have you looked at this much? This one I did, and I wasn't sure why one would use it over using the null coalesce operator. But you were saying that the null coalesce operator only works if you go one level deep, right? The optional one will handle the nested relationships.
1: I believe that's right. So let's say for example, exactly what we were talking about a minute ago, right? User arrow profile arrow avatar. So like if you were using the null coalesce operator, you could say, hey, is user profile set like question mark, question mark, right? That would work, right? If you said user profile, question mark, question mark, that would say, if it's not set, use this value instead. Mm-hmm. Um, you could not say user profile avatar, question mark, question mark, because if the profile isn't set, it's going to throw you an error anyway, yeah. right? It's only going to check for null. It's not going to say like if profile is null and if the avatar is null, it's, it's going to throw an error because it's trying to get the value of a null when, when it returns profile. Yeah. So it only works, yeah, one level deep. So what you can do with the optional helper is you can wrap that user profile in the optional helper. So you say optional user profile, and then at the end of that, you put avatar. And what that will do is that will return null for you. If, if in fact there is no profile set. So pretty much what it will do is it will return the value that it, that's supposed to be there, or it will return something that you can like string another thing onto. Jeffrey Way has a really good video on it, on Laracasts, which we will also link up in the show notes. But it's worth checking out. These are two things that will kind of help mitigate some of these problems that you might have in your view where you are assuming that you have something available and uh, you're running into issues where you're getting these. I'm trying to even remember what the what the error is that you get.
2: Trying to access property on on null or something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. So yeah, these are two kind of um, things that are in 5.5 five five that help to mitigate this problem that you may have. And so we'll link that up in the show notes. So like I said, there's a really good post out there. Thanks Jeff Madsen for uh, making that and for everybody else who submitted the pull requests to make that happen in Laravel
2: 5.5. Yeah. And to everyone who contributed to Laravel 5.5.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's an awesome release. I've, I've got it already installed in two of my applications and and I uh, love playing around with it. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we could probably spend a long time on this, but we'll just we'll move on on Laravel 5.5. Uh, in addition, Lumen 5.5 was released. So this is just to
2: kind of go along with the Laravel 5.5 release schedule, uh, I believe. So Yeah, it's mainly just a, a maintenance release. So all of the un- underlying packages have been updated to use the, the Framework 5.5 components. So if you are using Lumen, feel free to upgrade. It should be... Uh, a moderate upgrade path. The upgrade guide is just a matter of following along with what's what you've done for Laravel f- itself. So f- follow the Laravel upgrade guide and uh, you'll be able to upgrade your Lumen install nice and quickly. There we go. Um, all right. Hey,
1: let's go ahead and jump into some controversy. Uh, Laravel certification. This is. We are going to maintain a very neutral middle of the road stance on this. Uh, we are going to inform you about what it is. And we are going to try and, and stay right in the middle here. There is some really, really good stuff about this. And then there are some concerns that have also been raised by people in the community. Uh, we are definitely fans of the people who have put this together and know that there's been a lot of hard work that has gone on behind the scenes to make this a reality. At the same time, we don't want to dismiss the concerns of the people who have them. So let's talk about what it is. And we are going to withhold opinions for whatever they're worth on other channels that we would talk about them on. Sound good, Michael?
2: Sure. Sounds good to me.
1: Okay. So why don't you talk talk to me about what the Laravel Certification Program is?
2: Cool. So the Laravel Certification Program was announced uh, originally at Laracon EU in 2016. And it was a sort of go, go here, it's coming soon, we'll provide you with more information. So yeah, Sean McCall, who's been working tirelessly on this for the last couple of years, has got a page up now which is got our long-awaited pricing available. It looks like it's going to be predominantly targeted towards, I guess, the EU market because all the pricing is in the EU. And I know he's based over in uh, Amsterdam, I believe. So it makes sense that that's where the business is running, licensing the Laravel name from Taylor. So essentially, you need to be fluent in building apps using the Laravel framework in version 5.5. So if you're doing this on a day-to-day basis in your regular job then this this course is probably aimed at you it's going to help you to basically verify the knowledge that you already have of the framework and of what you're doing day-to-day if you've never if you've never built an application before you might want to read through the Laravel documentation. And this is something that, that Taylor says all the time. It's something that a lot of community members say a lot of the time. If you open up the documentation and start at the very top and work your way through to the very bottom, it really does read like a book. So from chapter to chapter or from topic to topic, you will learn progressively all of the things you need to know as you would be building a Laravel application. So if you've read the documentation, you will have a good understanding of what is needed in order to pass this certification. So the topics that are that are covered as part of the, the examination are HTTP, it covers routing and blade templating, services, security and collections and all that kind of stuff, and, and definitely eloquent. So the, the knowledge that's being tested is, is what we would consider to be the widely accepted best practices within the community. And you'll also need to have a working knowledge of modern PHP versions. So you'll have to understand, as well as that object-oriented programming, closures, and other commonly used features. So there is an FAQ section on the on the Laravel website for the certification. And, and this has not been done in isolation. There's a board of advisors that have been put together with this as well. So Sean's been working with Taylor as... Obviously, the creator of the framework, he's been working with some prominent community members in Frake and also, uh, I think, Chris Keithlin from uh, Vehicle. So, you know, it's it's got community backing as well. Yep, for sure. Uh, the pricing is
1: €249, Euros, which is almost $300 US. Uh, and then there is also a team certification, which is €1,245, which is about $1,500 US. Uh, right now, there is a pre-order discount of about 50 euros on the personal certification and 15% on the team certification. So if you want any information about that, you can find out more about that at laravel.com slash certification. Okay. We've got a few other things here. Botman 2.0 PHP chatbot framework was released. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Shareable models package. I looked at this before we started the show. It looks really cool and we could talk about that. And then Laravel podcast season three. So, hmm. Laravel podcast season three. Let's start with that. Okay. Okay. So Laravel podcast was hosted initially by Sean McCool and was with Taylor and Jeffrey and a couple other people that they would have on on a random sort of schedule. And then it was taken over by Matt Stelfer and Jeffrey and Taylor would be on there. There was a little bit of a lull in their release cycle. I think, I think everybody just got busy, right? Babies and all that stuff. Uh, Matt Mm -hmm. and Jeffrey both had new babies and... Taylor's, of course, always hard at work, so so Matt is, I kind of think, taking this in a little bit of a different direction for what they're calling Laravel Podcast Season 3. So Season 1 would have been when Sean McCool was in charge of it. Season 2 would have been when Matt first took over, and now Season 3 is kind of a little bit of a departure from what it was to something that Matt is kind of teasing. I don't know if it's really—did he put the teaser out there? The teaser was out yesterday, yeah. Okay. Okay, so we're not spoiling anything. It sounds like it's going to be like a interview sort of format, which is different than what it's been before. And I think his goal is really to kind of get to some of the community members who you don't hear from. They do a lot of work behind the scenes, but you don't know their story. You don't know who they are. And so I think he's looking to kind of interview some of those people and give them a little bit of shine, you know, use the Laravel podcast to kind of give them some credit where credits
2: due. Yeah, definitely reaching out to the community and and making sure that it's not the same voices over and over. You know, we have we have that level of direction from the likes of you know Adam and Jeff and and Taylor and Matt himself. You know, everyone knows about Eric Barnes. There are there are people like that in the community that that you hear from all the time, but there are Obviously, thousands upon thousands of people using the Laravel framework out there in the wild, and uh, you know it's it's a good opportunity for anyone and everyone to have their voice heard. I think it's a, a it's a good direction. I've seen some of the names that um, that Matt is hoping to uh, interview. There are some names I've submitted myself to him. You know these people that you see around the edges, people like Till, who is always pushing out the the change logs for the new laravel releases that you know just quietly goes about doing that but who who he is and and what he does other than that you know we don't know and it and it would be certainly interesting to hear those those stories and um i'm i'm looking forward to the direction that, that the podcast goes in going forward
1: yeah for sure me too it, it sounds like it's going to be really awesome
2: and he's got some new like theme music right which is yeah yeah i love love the music yeah. he he paid he was saying that he paid a, a favorite producer of his to, to put that music together. So it feels like the, the Laravel podcast, not that it ever wasn't, but it feels like it's all grown up now. Yeah. He said, uh, he sent something to us in Telegram and said like, hey, what do you
1: think of this music? I said, it sounds amazing. A little too amazing. We're not looking for any competition is what I told him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it does. It sounds really good. I'm a little bit jealous. We need to get some, we need to change our music up. <laughs> We're going to have to hire, uh, you know, somebody really good. To make our music for the uh, Laravel News Podcast, I'll have to get Eric on board with that. Mm. Maybe Eric could make us some music. That would be
2: horrendous. I'd love to hear Eric sing a song for us. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. He could do like a hip hop intro. Yeah. I want to talk about the shareable models package. We can't, we can't move on yet. Hang on, hang on, hang okay, on, hang on. We need to check out larivalpodcast.com. There you go. Um, make sure that you subscribe to that show in your podcatcher of choice if you have not already. And if there is anyone in the community that you would like to hear from, anyone that you would like to hear interviewed, you can send your suggestions to at Laravel podcast on Twitter. It will be good to engage people. I think he's aiming to do one a month. So these are going to be, you know, they're not going to be off the cuff. It's not going to be friends talking. Not, Not that we're all not friends in the in the community but it's not you know not someone that you know so there's a lot of work that goes into these kind of interviews because he's going to try and do the backstory he's going to try and you know get a bit of history from these people and i hope i'm not talking him up too much about the work that's that's involved but uh i'm i'm really looking forward to it so yeah as i said if you've got any suggestions he's got 60 he said in in a trello list that he's ready to interview already so i don't know when he's going to interview all of these people but i certainly think that you know weight of numbers might guide who the you know the the order that we go through that list in so don't be shy and uh i hope that it is a big success in the new season it will be it always is he might does such a great job with that stuff so looking forward to it
1: uh okay two other things shareable models package and i wanted to talk a little bit about this botman chatbot framework as well if we have some time. uh so we'll go quick here So the shareable models package, this is put out by Kai Sesnowski and the use case for it is basically as follows. You can take and create a shareable link, uh, with a possibility of having an expiration and a possibility of needing a password. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to create a shareable link, which gives you access to a particular resource. So for instance, if there was a user that you wanted someone to be able to edit, you didn't want them to be able to edit all users, but they're not an admin. And so you want to give them access to edit a single user. You can now create a shareable link, which you can give to them, which will allow them to access that one particular resource and modify it. So this is pretty cool. Like it reminds me a lot of like a get shareable link feature, like that you'd have on like Dropbox or Google Drive Mm -hmm. or something like that, Mm -hmm. where you can just grab a shareable link and, And send it to somebody and they could view it or, or whatever. And I'm sure you can actually probably limit as well. Like, is it just, am I just giving them the ability to see this? Like, am I giving the ability to show it or to edit it or whatever it is? So I'm not exactly sure to be honest, how it works behind the scenes. If it like, uh, if it bypasses the authorization check on like a route group or something like that, or gives you a temporary authorization that would work, I need to look into it a little bit more, but. I, just reading through it, I was like, oh, this seems super useful. I'm sure there's a lot of people who could use this or who have had a need for this before. Or even just hearing the idea are like, oh, yeah, I could use that somewhere. Yeah. So I thought I'd just mention it here. Um, you can check it out on Laravel-news.com. We'll make sure we link it up in the show notes and uh, check it out. Mm, yeah. Okay. Check it out. Check it out. In addition to that, you know, we've talked. I don't know if we talked about this a little bit. We did. We talked about this somewhere. I think it was on the Laravel News podcast. That create temporary URL kind of thing for anything that you're using in mm-hmm. S3. Yeah, that's pretty cool too. Kind of goes along with this a little bit. Okay, yeah. uh, Botman 2.0.
2: Let's talk about this real quickly and I think we're going to wrap things up. Let's do it. I have I have not used Botman at all. I have seen Marcel Pocio speak about it often. He's always tweeting about it. He's he's really enthused by it. There's, there's heaps of people using it and I hadn't really seen a use case for it until very recently where someone had mentioned that, that you could configure like a Facebook page to to have a bot running on it and I thought that that would actually be kind of useful for me in my new role not not that it's something that anyone has asked for specifically but it's something that I could you know do as one of those end of day end of week kind of I've got a bit of time I might just play around with this over a few weeks and put together a, a chatbot that could be used for basic levels of support like you know my internet is down or, or something like that obviously there's a demand for it there's there's a lot of people using this package if the activity on github is anything to go by it's quite popular so yeah
1: it looks like i mean so it was tweeted out the other day i'm trying to find it here it is so uh it's christoph Rumpel. Uh he published an article about using Laravel and Botman on how to sell, set up like a Telegram bot. Mm-hmm. And so I asked said basically what are some of the things that you guys are using these for? And Marcel basically said think of it as another interface to use your application, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good way to kind of phrase it. We talked about this last time with email uh incoming email and how you can handle incoming email with Laravel. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of idea with chatbot, right? So he had, he basically tweeted back filling out forms using a conversation. Yeah. which I thought was pretty interesting. So you can ask them for information incrementally. Mm. Like, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your address? Hey, blah, 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 whatever. And you can do it that way. Uh, in addition, he was talking about, like you said, uh, like these bots to process, like to, to almost handle user questions, uh, things like that. Yeah. In addition one of the things that he, that he posted that I thought was really cool that he is has built is a Slack bot that uses the Forge API to provision new sites and servers from Slack. So you can say like ForgeBot help. You know, it'll give you all the commands you can do. Then you say at ForgeBot new site, give it the name of the site, and it will go ahead and put a new site onto a specified server straight from Slack, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So yeah, when I started thinking about it that way, I, I could think of some places where I could use this. Another thing he said was like, you know, think about like your user sends you an image, you process it and reply something back. There's just a number of cool things that you could do when you think about it as like another interface. For your application, I know Jason McQuery had said that he was he had like some SMS thing where he could send through an SMS, and his application would run like a shift or something, right? Mm. So yeah, all sorts of this sort of this this stuff, and uh, it makes it really easy to do it. So I'll, I'll be interested in checking into this, and I'll I'll let you kind of know what I come up with as far as how I'm using it.
2: Yeah, I think I might check it out as well and have a play around it because right? I've just redone our uh, sign up form for new customers and when you say that you could use it as a sign-up thing maybe maybe i could have a play around with that as an interactive sign-up i like it yeah
1: pretty neat all right well i think that about wraps it up you got anything else we want to talk about today
2: no i don't think so
1: excellent we are on episode what is it 45
2: 45
1: episode 45 thank you everyone so much for listening i'm going to make this really fast here we go ready Thanks so much for listening. You can find show notes for this episode at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 45. Thank you, Eric, for making that. So we don't have to deal with simple casts issues right now with not having permalinks. If you like the show, please rate us up five stars in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you have questions, hit us up at our personal Twitter accounts or at Laravel news on Twitter. We appreciate all of the community members that put time and effort into getting 5.5 out the door. Thank you so much to Taylor, our leader, our commander in chief all of you all that you do for your wonderful groupies and fanboys
2: and fangirls out here we love you yeah taylor never never stop we love everything you do for our community and uh a lot of us wouldn't uh, wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the framework absolutely Whole- wholeheartedly agree all right michael that's it that was as fast as i could do it that was beautiful jake thanks man i appreciate it (laughs) all right thanks everyone we'll see you in two weeks and if you haven't already heard it make sure you stick around after the break to hear a preview of season three of the new laravel podcast until next time see ya laravel news out
0: Welcome to the Laravel Podcast, episode 54, also known as the preview episode for season three, where I tell you about what we're going to be doing for this new season. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back to the Laravel Podcast. It's been a little while, and even since the last time we had been posting pretty infrequently. And if you haven't been listening to the podcast for a long time, it's actually really easy to think about this podcast as having happened in two seasons up till now. The first season was Sean McCool starting the podcast and having some regular guests where they did some pretty long form chats about some kind of high depth high uh, intensity conversations about DDD and other stuff. And uh, a couple of years ago, I took over um, leading the podcast and it was uh, myself, uh, Matt Stouffer, and then there was Taylor Otwell and Jeffrey Way speaking regularly on uh, the topics that are interesting to us, the news and happenings in the Laravel world and other stuff like that. We reached a point where each of us were pursuing um, separate podcasting and uh speaking opportunities and also we just kind of got to the point where we ran out of things to talk about some of the times i mean we love talking and we got really great feedback but it just got to the point where sometimes we just said you know what there's not really much to say right now um rather than let that be a bother we realized that um that's a really good moment to step back and reconsider what you're doing And, and a lot of times when other podcasts have done that hit that moment it's a moment where you realize it's time for a little bit of a shift and and this concept of seasons has come up recently um where a podcast can have a season, and then it can just stop and breathe for a moment. Um, and so we decided that that was an indicator to us that it should be time to call that the end of season two. Um, and that gives us the ability to stop and think, and what does the really community really need for season three? So after a little while, we figured it out. And uh, we're likening it to um, uh, maybe a, a famous hip-hop group or something like that, where they split up uh, and pursue their solo projects for a while, uh, and they might get back together later. So there's no saying that season four is not going to be you know the the gang all back together or a different gang or something like that, but for right now, season three, um you know, Jeffrey's doing the lair cast snippet, uh Taylor might have something of his own. We'll see. um, and what I'm gonna be doing on this podcast is I'm going to be doing interviews. This is an interview show for season three. And the interviews I'm going to be doing are uh, two primary sorts. One of them is I'm going to be doing interviews of a sort that I hope you haven't heard before of the people who you hear from frequently in the community from Taylor and from Jeffrey and from Adam, from Eric Barnes and Chris Fidow and other you know people who've been around and who you hear from frequently, who you hear speaking at conferences and stuff like that, to get maybe a different sort of interview, a little bit of a background of them, of where they came from and what motivates them and um, the other stuff you might not hear in a traditional interview. But I also want to have the opportunity to expose some folks to you that you may not have heard from before. People in the community who are doing incredible work and might not get recognized outside of the world that they're in uh, their country or their media up or their um package or whatever else. So, season 3 of Laravel podcast is an interview show to help you get to know all the people in the Laravel community who you do or do not know. Uh, by name, but you might not know uh, their origins and what motivates them and where they're from. So the first podcast episode, episode one, which will be uh, the the, the total episode, will be episode 55 across the whole um, podcast. I'll try and release it uh, in about a week from this preview episode. And I'm going to give you a couple quick little snippets of that interview right now uh, to tantalize and tease um, to get you excited about what's coming. Um, What I would love is uh, when I tweet this one out, Please send me anybody who you'd really like to hear an interview of, um, at Stout for Matt on Twitter. Uh, and just let me know if there's somebody, um, you know what, even better at Laravel podcast, why don't you send it over to the podcast? And if there's anybody you'd really love to know, uh, who, who they come from, what they come from, what they're about, what motivates them, anything else. Um, and they're in the Laravel community. I'd love to hear it. Um, so that's it. That's the basis. So, uh, here's a couple quick snippets from the, the episode one and, uh, stay tuned for some really great interviews coming out during this season
3: i also got really into like ti 83 calculator uh programs where i would i would write little um strategy games or um you know back then in at least in like middle school and high school the popular thing was like that drug wars game I was I just know. gonna say drug wars that yeah. was it so I would write games like that either like with drugs or with other uh-huh. like lemonade stand um, type games and I learned how to do that basically like sitting in um, ninth grade English I just kind of taught myself how to program the calculator those were really the first real programs I wrote I feel mm-hmm. like And I had messaged uh, one of them and said, hey, I'd really like to help out on fuel. Um, This is the feature I want to add or whatever. And they weren't, like, super interested in the feature, which is fine. Like, it's not like a knock on them. (laughs) They just, like, weren't interested in it. And so I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'll keep working on Laravel. But if they would have bit on that and been, like, interested in you know, me kind of helping with fuel a little bit in some of these things, then of course I think things could have been really different because huh. I would have jumped into fuel and started adding stuff there and probably would have just started using it and kind of become invested in it. And so, yeah, that's one moment, probably the biggest moment I can think of where things could have took a really different direction. And, Interesting. you know, because that feature wasn't really a fit for them that I just kept working on Laravel.